Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. Ooh, are you guys in for a treat today? I am so freaking excited for you to hear this episode um, because we are talking about all the things that are against the standard way of doing things in business and life. And that's definitely why I started this podcast. So um, with that being said, uh, before we dive in, here is my shameless um, plea (laughs) to ask you to leave a review, share this episode to your stories. Um, I just put a lot into this podcast and um, I think that these stories are really important. And if you're loving it, Honestly, more than anything, I just want to hear from you. You don't even have to share it publicly. Just slide into my DMs or text me or um, however you want to get a hold of me. But I just love hearing about who is out there listening um, and if you're enjoying it um, because that is why I'm doing this. I'm not just doing it to hear myself talk. Um, But I love you all so much. Can't wait for you to hear this episode. Okay. Enough of me blabbing my mouth. Here we go. What? <laughs> All right. Hello, hello. Thank you guys so much for listening in today. I am so excited to have um, the business spiritual genius um, and friend of mine, Lindsay Stockhecki. She is the owner of Deliciously Ordinary, which is an event design studio specializing in fresh florals. She actually did my wedding. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> two years ago. Um, But her commitment to inner exploration in her business and incorporating that into her family life um, is really why I wanted to sit down with her today um, because she is just uh, such a light and such an example of um, how I want to run my business and my family. So Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. Wow. Thank you so much. That was such a beautiful uh, intro. I'm honored. I really appreciate that. And I'm honored (laughs) to be here. Thank you. I'm so, so glad you're here. So let's, I always like to start out with just, can you tell everyone about how you landed, how you landed where you are today? How did you get started on the entrepreneurship path? Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's always, everyone's story is different. (laughs) Yeah. So it happened pretty um, organically, I would say. Uh, I worked in the social work field for years and years, and um, I would dabble on the side with um, creative stuff. And I, I call, I coined the term, you know, I called it deliciously ordinary, and I kind of threw up this Facebook page, like, you know, maybe a decade ago at this point. And 
it really was just an an umbrella for all of the stuff that I really was passionate about. I wanted to be creating and I wanted to just kind of have my hands in all of these things that um, at the time, like it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't flowers. It wasn't any one thing. It didn't have like a really specific vision or direction at all, but um, it was my outlet. And as the years kind of went on, um, I really just found that that was very much where I wanted to be spending my time and my energy. And I was feeling less and less able to show up for my job jobs because I had several jobs in the social work field over the years and um, and just really started struggling with um, being present in those jobs. And um, so uh, that's kind of, again, I started, with, I was doing it on the side. It kind of organically started to lead towards um, being more event specific. And then I started taking on um, doing like styling some photo shoots and, and um, styling some events, but again, still very much on the side, still very much not any type of um, clear direction uh, in terms of doing it as a full-time business. Um, and then um, my sister unexpectedly passed away. And that was very much the catalyst for my, my shift. Um, at that point, I, that, that nagging feeling that I, I was not wanting to be at my nine to five was something I could no longer ignore. And, um, and I, and I stopped ignoring it. I, I never returned to work. Um, at that point, I, mm. I just, I decided um, I'm going to give 100% to this quote unquote side thing that is actually what's very much um, calling me and pulling me and where I want to be. And so at that point, it still did not have a clear direction um, or I had no, I really, um, it was born of grief. I had no clue what I was doing, but uh, I didn't care at that point. And I just knew that I needed to give that all of my attention in order to um, be happy uh, and in yeah. order for my time here to be, to mean something and to be valuable because, uh, you know, we are not promised tomorrow. And so at that point I gave myself, um, or we, my husband and I, you know, we looked at everything and um, I had one year where I didn't need to make a dime. Um, and then, and then I would decide, you know, what needed to happen. So in that year I needed to I needed to kind of figure out a direction and I needed to really, you know, to do that. And, um, and that at this point, that was four years ago. So, um, it has evolved a lot over the last four years and there's been a lot of growth and a lot of shifts and a lot of changes, um, from, from that point till now, but that is really how that was the catalyst. And that's when everything that was absolutely a game changer. And when, just kind of dabbling and toying with the idea and, and making excuses to not go all in just no longer was going to work for me. Mm. I think that that is such a huge part of, first of all, thank you for sharing that. That's mm. vulnerable of you and you didn't have to share that with us, but um, <laughs> I think that it's, um, that's a huge part of uh, kind of the point of this podcast, um, is that I, I felt something similar with like, you know, I want, I don't, I know that I have one life. I want to mm -hmm. be doing, I want to dream big and do not let anything hold me back from mm -hmm. what I want. But mm -hmm. I also don't want to be so obsessed with like goals and, mm -hmm. and dreams that I'm not living for those moments mm -hmm. that mean the most. Um, yes. 
So it's kind of like, how do we find that blend, that harmony? And so how would you say that you found kind of struck like a nice harmony between um, the two or have you, or how do you try to at least? Well, I love that you use the term harmony because I, you know, so often we hear the term balance and that's just not a word that resonates with me at all. Um, oh, me either. Really Thank you for all. noticing that I use the word harmony instead. Wow. Gosh, that's such a beautiful term for it. It really is because I actually do really think that I have found harmony. Um, the balance thing comes and goes and, um, And so, but I have, I've found harmony. I've found a way to find that peace amidst the chaos because, um, especially with weddings, there is, there's, there is always going to be chaos. And so Mm. find that harmony. God, I'm like so happy you use that word. Like that's now going to just like, I'm, I'm going to carry that one like a lot. Um, (laughs) so I would say when I first, you know, there's, and there's definitely a shift in terms of how we, um, I think, as a society, approach entrepreneurship and small business. And I think that's a really, really exciting forward shift we're having right now. But um, for a long time, I had a lot of, in the beginning, and as I, as I kind of was, it was taking shape and I was trying to figure out what it was going to look like, there was so much external pressure. And, and never, not in a negative way, a lot of times it was helpful or it was intended to be helpful, um, but just you know, suggestions or kind of a push to do things a certain way and to be uh, a traditional floral shop or to run a business in the way, you know, the, the way that you're quote unquote supposed to. And you know, I'm, I'm far enough into this journey with my business that I've really realized that that doesn't work for me. It's not sustainable with the life that I want to be living. And so I don't need to make apologies or excuses for that reality. Like the things that work for somebody else and another business do not and should not and cannot necessarily work for me. And that's okay. And in order for me to run a business that works with the life I want and that is sustainable and that I am happy with, I have to do things a certain way. Um, and that doesn't mean that there's not going to be growth and there's not going to be changes. And there's not going to be things that I absolutely need to improve on. But within the framework of this is what matters, what do I need to do to make sure that that always stays the top priority? And that's always you know, possible within this skeleton of my business and the structure of my business. So I try to just really keep that at the forefront. Um, when I make like any business decision or when I take on a new um, booking, um, and that's also very much like something I have to continue to work on and practice and pro- you know reflect on because it's really, really hard to do that all the time. Um, you know, it, with the fast, the, the way the world is, it's so fast paced, the way that, um, you know, just we're expected to, you know, hustle or whatever that stupid term is. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, when I really just kind of think about like at the end of every day, I want to ensure that I have, that those top priorities in terms of family time, in terms of, um, you know, time and nature and, and all of that stuff that that's that's always worked into how I run my business. Yes. That's incredible. And can you talk a little bit about like as a new mom, I'm like how do I work yeah, while yeah. while feeling this like knowing that family is 
what is most important to me right now? You know, how do we, how, how do you strike a nice, like (laughs) harmony? um, Yeah. How do you integrate it? Well, I want to be like radically transparent about the fact that uh, I don't think, and I could be wrong, but like, this is not something that I have mastered and it's like a one and done, like I've got this. Um, It's very much something that like I continuously have to check in, reflect, like be really mindful because it is so easy to, you know, spread yourself too thin, take on one too many bookings, like Mm -hmm. um, have like a fear of like, if I don't do this now, like, will I lose an opportunity or will I miss, you know? So with, you know, I want to like really lead with that and preface my answer with the fact that it's really hard. It's really hard. I'm, you know, perfectly imperfect at all of that. Um, so the way, the way though, that I really, um, work to ensure that that's built into every single day is, um, by moments that are already a part of our day, just really like ritualizing those things. So Mm. in the mornings, you know, we used to have really rushed mornings and there would be just like that haste and that rush and that stress and, and that tone was set. And this was, and, and now, you know, I get up a little bit earlier, um, to make sure that that, those moments are really special. So, you know, we'll go outside in the garden and read a book and maybe it's only, you know, we walk like every morning, um, myself and, um, one of the kids or all of the kids or me and Tim, you know, we will walk our, uh, I say our land, we have like a little half acre and we have a garden and stuff like that. So, you know, every morning, like we'll walk our land with our coffee and we'll read a book or, um, you know, things that don't, it's not that it takes a ton of time, but it's just very intentional. It's very present. Um, and it's undivided. So I try to just build those into parts of the day that are already there um, you know, making dinner. Like last night I had Winnie, um, we found a new recipe and we put on our aprons and, you know, I already had to make dinner and sometimes that can be a stressful part of the day. So I try to find those moments again, that are already built into the day that I can just make that are already really special, but we often forget, like we forget, like this is it, like, this is the point, like these moments that feel, um, redundant or mundane, like if we can reframe that, wow, like though there's so much magic in those moments, you know? Right. It's like, I noticed that, um, I tried, and I think this is very common and like training from our society of mm-hmm. trying to take shortcuts with things like that. Yes. Like dinner, how can I, how yes. can I speed up dinner? What's the quickest way, you know? Yes. Um, t- what's the quickest way to get through this and um, because it's inconveniencing me, but instead just making those like, like my morning shower, even I'm like, I hate showering because it's inconvenient. Right. It's like instead, okay, can I use this time in prayer or something like that? Um, So I love that. That is, um, I think that's a huge part of the whole, how to really create slowness in your day. I totally agree with that of, just it's not about necessarily taking things off your plate which sometimes you have to do but instead how can you shift your mindset of slowing down like 
just making the moment slower. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And kind of like being aware of when, when those moments are possible. So sometimes like they're really not like, sometimes it's like, I really I can't like right now there's too much going on. This is something that I, you know, I'm not able to do our morning walk or whatever, you know, but then other times like there'll be these moments that unexpectedly it's like, Oh wait, I really can take this time to do, to be really present right here. And, um, like sometimes when I'm, you know, the kids are on summer break now, so they're at the shop with us pretty much every day and it can be stressful having all three. I mean, I have three, so I have 11, eight and six. And so, um, sometimes, you know, I'm like knee deep in something and, and I cannot pause it. And then other times it's like, okay, wait, right now I can pause this even just for a moment because they are, you know, Winnie drew me something really beautiful and sweet and amazing and wants to give it to me. And I'm just going to pause to like really be present in the moment as she gives this to me and I receive it and I, you know, give gratitude. And, and so like, even if it's just that moment, it's like, it holds so much valuable because I'm not dismissing this really beautiful act of love from her, you know? Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And okay. So how do you, with the work side of things, what's kind of, how do you stay excited about what you do? Um, and, and why florals? Like what, what do you enjoy about it? Oh my gosh. So I really, um, that was one thing that really happened. Not, I guess not by accident, but even when I was doing like events on the side, I started not doing florals. I was kind of just supplementing in decor and, and styling like the, the items other than florals, which actually when you hired me to do your wedding, I might not even, had I, was I in doing florals or did I add that like mid? You had just, you had just started. You were like, I had just, I just started. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that kind of happened, um, with, you know, just like I was wanting flowers that looked a certain way and I was struggling to find somebody locally that kind of had that same style. And so I just started doing it and, um, found really that I, there was just so much opportunity to create a feeling with flowers. And, um, and they're so like by just perfectly imperfect, which is very much, um, a mentality and a way of living that I feel is important. I think that, you know, with flowers, like you don't know, you know, from one to the next, they're not going to look exactly the same. There's going to be, you know, blemishes, I guess, for lack of a better term, there's going to be things about them that aren't, you know, necessarily like, like by some standards flawless. And I just think that's such a beautiful metaphor for life and for everything and how I, I really want to be like, they're, they're so effortlessly beautiful and they're so, and they also are imperfect and that's, God, that's good. Right. And so, yes, yes. So I think that's why, like, no matter what, even when like work is like the work side of things is really stressful and, um, weddings carry such a, the energy from weddings is so high stress. Um, I never like feel any resentment towards the florals, you know, like they are never, um, the, I don't want to say the problem, but it's like, they are like the solution, right? Like they're so right. beautiful. They do so much of the work for me. Um, but like getting back to them, it's like, no matter what, like, even if I have a really difficult day 
you know, at the end of the day, a lot of times, like I'll take the scraps and I'll just create something to like bring home with me. Um, or I'll, we'll go in like a club, you know, in the field across the street and like gather up like every grass and every leaf and everything we can find. And we'll create something with it just because like, it's just so beautiful. And so in terms of like the work side of things, like when I lose motivation, it, it really isn't ever all that like floral specific, which is just the nature of, I guess, what I do. I don't know. Um, so yeah. I think just like with that medium, it's just hard to not stay inspired. Yes. And I feel like it's, I mean, it's almost like that stop and smell the roses type uh, saying, but just noticing, noticing nature, noticing the beauty in something like, it's just, it feel like it, it's this instant presence when you're like, I'm noticing the beauty in this flower. I'm right here right now. Like, yes. yes. In a way. And a lot of times, like when I will open um, like a bunch of some type of floral, there will be, you know, there'll be leaves that are like nibbled on from some critter or there will be a critter. And <laughs> I love that so much. Um, I just think it's, it just kind of shows like life is all around us and we are so connected with like every living being. And it's just like this constant reminder that I really love. Yes. I love that. I, I love that so much. My, um, (laughs) something poetic I got from flowers a few years ago was I was just like, this is totally a little different from what you're saying, but, um, (laughs) that, they're all so different and yet we're not comparing them. Mm-hmm. Like they're all so beautiful in their own way. Like you find the beauty in them and what, however they are. And yeah. like, okay, why can't we, why can't we love ourselves the same as we love flowers and yeah. for their differences? Right? Um, yeah. And I'm curious, like, um, since we're talking about comparison, what jumps to mm-hmm. my mind is social media mm-hmm. and, um, or just, because social media, because that's where we're seeing all these other business owners primarily, um, before social media, I'm like, wow, that must be so nice to not constantly (laughs) see what everyone else is doing all the time. I know. know. Um, Because if you, yeah, I mean, if you're not aware of it to like, I'm going to go in this, Mm -hmm. not, not comparing. Um, I'm just curious, how do you stay, how do you, do you have a healthy relationship with like online or how do you, how do you try to do you set boundaries? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would say yes and no. So it kind of ebbs and flows depending on, um, well, a couple of things. I mean, I definitely know when I am not as like right now it's, it's wedding season and I've admittedly not been, um, as, uh, consistent with my self-care practices. And mm-hmm. that's when I can feel, you know, I will, I will, I am so hyper aware of the fact that I, um, will be in my ego and I will be more comparative, you know, and, um, and then I will, you know, I can, I, I can really reflect on that and I can unplug and that's when I will go and I will ground, you know, I will, I will be in nature and I will unplug, I will do get out with the family or I will, um, music is a huge, huge, huge part of our lives. I will just kind of immerse myself in music. I, um, journal or sing or move my body. Um, and so I try to just be aware of that because it's, it's inevitable. I mean, absolutely. Comparison is something that is not ever going to go away. (laughs) You know, um, I read something the other day about how, 
you know, and I'm going to paraphrase and probably botch it a little bit, but, um, you know, like the inner work is not a one and done thing. Maybe you might've actually shared this now that I'm thinking about it. Um, it was like, you know, it's not a one and done thing. Unfortunately, you know, it's something that we have to continue to reflect on and continue to work on and continue to show Mm -hmm. up and be able to move through it. And so, um, I think with, uh, comparing on social media and just, you know, overly criticizing myself for something I've created or done. Um, it's such an opportunity to just ground and, and go inward and and really identify like, where is this coming from? What is this? And what do I need to do to, um, improve, you know, how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling in, you know, that way. Um, so it is, it's a daily practice for me. Um, I think I have a, I think I have a, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I think I have a good, um, relationship with social media because I, I do feel that I have like pretty good awareness. Like when I am, I kind of hate the word triggered, but like when I am triggered in terms of like comparing or feeling less than, Mm. um, I, I really know, I know what it is. I know it's not about the other person. I know it's not about my work. Uh, in terms of like what I've necessarily created. It's about work, work that I have to continue to do and continue to prioritize like literally every day, which some days feels harder than others, you know? Like it's not always easy to to have to come back and be like, I thought I handled that. Okay, no, still got to do a little, you know, because it's, yeah, it's not a one and done. So I love that though. Like it's just the inner work is not linear. It is... (sighs) Just constant um, bringing ourselves back. And I think that's so important to remember that if anyone pretends like they have all of the answers and that they've reached this point of enlightenment, enlightenment, they're they're lying. They're full I always say, like, anyone who tells you, like, anything definitive, like, about almost anything in terms of, like, you know, the work right. that you're doing or, or spirituality in general, it's like anyone that says that it's, yeah, that there's like anything definitive, like don't, don't listen to them because it's, it's not that simple. Right. Just definitive in, in anything. It's like, yeah. if you're, it's just staying open, I think yeah. is so important. And, um, I love that you brought that up because I think that's such a huge tool for, it's so easy to get down on ourselves. Like, damn it. Like mm-hmm. I thought I, I was more aware than this or yes, mindful yes. or whatever, but, um, it's yeah. like, we're just constant, uh, works of art. Absolutely. Um, so I'm kind of curious because we've talked about this before, just in DMS back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's something that I find super interesting. Um, is that I've thought about and you brought it up, um, but our 24 seven, um, access to communication and being plugged in and entrepreneurship, just because that's my experience, I know that it heightens it. Um, because it's when your business is your heart and soul, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to just, you can't just be like, I'm turning it off (laughs) or, um, you know, I'm setting hours. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So 
how do you, and it like, it just creates that burnout though, when we're 24 yeah. seven attached to our businesses, like mm-hmm. engaged in our businesses, engaged in, um, communication. Like mm-hmm. we've never been so available to emails, texts, yeah. calls, and everyone expects you to pick up their phone call. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so can you talk a little bit about that on how you've kind of become aware of that and how that has been part of like having a healthy relationship with your business? Yeah. I think a lot of it too is that people who don't run a business, uh, they don't realize at all. You know, they don't, I just think that a lot of people probably don't think about the fact that small business owners have messages coming in from, you know, Instagram business, Instagram personal, Facebook business, Facebook personal, text, email, call, you know, it's so overwhelming. And I, and I really do believe again, that it's, that a lot of people just don't realize that that's happening. And, um, it definitely, you know, we're not meant to be accessible all the time. Like that's such an unhealthy state of being. It's essentially like you're on call. And coming from the social work field, I actually had worked previously, um, you know, on call 24 hours as a crisis worker. And that you you live in this heightened sense of anxiety or like am I going to need to be stressed soon? Um, if I, you know, and, um, so I hadn't established like boundaries around that and was living in that kind of like suspended state of like, when is like something going to come in from every which way at every hour. And, um, and so I, I really feel like now, now that I've really kind of got a grasp on what I need, again, for it to be sustainable for me to show up the best way that I can and really provide my services in the best way I can, you know, I realize like what, you know, what I need to do and how I need to do it and setting those boundaries in terms of like, how can clients communicate with me? What are the hours of those communications? And then communicating that to um, my clients or potential clients. And I also have realized that, you know, I have been guilty of this with other vendors, you know, I'll shoot them a text really quick, not, and not at like midnight or anything, but just not really thinking much of it. Like, Hey, do you, you know, whatever. And I, I think now I've realized it's absolutely the responsibility of, um, everyone, you know, but as small business owners for us to really, really implement those boundaries and like communicate them and be firm in them for the sake of everybody like but definitely for the sake of this small business community for the creative community um because we're not doing anybody any favors by being so available like we are creating an environment where everyone is you know more stressed out not able to communicate at their best um and then yeah. that expectation is like compounded and so i think to set those boundaries personally professionally and then also apply them to how we reach out to others cuz it was something like i had put that out there like yeah we really need to have these boundaries like it is kind of our responsibility and then i had like caught myself like wow i have to also hold myself to this standard as well yeah and can you give an example of like what what kind of what is an example of a boundary um, that you have like nine to five or I don't answer for me. I try to take Friday through Sunday completely off of social media because it is like um, a place where you just are subconsciously communicating like Mm -hmm. with 
if yeah. you don't set the boundary. Totally. So I, yeah, I don't answer, you know, and I also have to, so with Tim just having come on board, we're in the process of kind of shifting our systems in terms of how people can order and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we're kind of like right now, those boundaries and those guidelines are definitely shifting and kind of taking a new shape a little bit. Um, but I, yeah, like um, on the weekends, I don't respond to clients unless obviously if I have a wedding or something, I'm very much in, you know, available to them. But um, I try to also just kind of determining like, okay, what, how do I take community? Like, how do I receive communication? So um, again, we're kind of like shifting that now and I'm building that into my contracts where I communicate to the client. Like I only, um, anything like contract specific or event specific, like any updates or changes or anything like has to go through email. So I will not take texts that are um, like, you know, adding or removing anything on your contract or changing any like major um, things about it because, you know, inevitably that's how it might slip through or that's how, you know, it's so just keeping it in one place and just being clear about that. Um, And really I'm, I'm currently trying to funnel everything to email because having everything in one place. And so for some people, you know, that their business, that doesn't work. Um, but I think having like those primary means of communication and those like boundaries in terms of like, I, yeah, I don't really, um, I don't really respond to, and this is like, <clears throat> I'm still trying to kind of firm these up for myself. So like, I'm very much like, okay, some of these I'm still, but I don't really respond. I don't do like orders through, um, really any messenger, like, you know, they need to call to do an order during weekdays, business hours, and then um, email for contracts, stuff like that. Um, Yeah. yeah, But those are like still admittedly a little fast and loose as I'm, as I'm working on that myself. Yeah. No, that's great. That's, I think that um, those are, it seems like, like to my husband, he'll be like, well, just you know, set business hours, like nine to five. Yeah, I'm like, so Jeremy, you don't understand. Like <laughs> I, if I don't get it done today, then mm-hmm. like, you know, tomorrow it's work more work for me. Like yeah. I've done the work, but, um, yeah. it's, I think that it is definitely something to where learning your capacity too, as one person, yeah. I mean, like I truly, it's such a, it's such a constant like working thing, mm-hmm. but, um, the more you and learn also, in business. And it also like can be so dependent on like the season of, of your life yeah. or your business. So, you know, we're in wedding season right now. So while I say like, you know, yeah, I don't answer in the evening, text in the evenings, but if it's like somebody's wedding week um, and they have a question, you know, I do like to respond to that, you know? And so, so kind of figuring out, you know, okay, what, how much um, flexibility do I want to have in this? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think for a little bit too, I was feeling like, I needed to be more rigid. So it's like having boundaries and being as firm as as you need to be for yourself and your business. So some people yeah. need it to be, you know, much more and rigid or or more flexible or, you know, and so I think it's such a personal thing to figure out and I'm again like I'm still very much figuring that out. Um because oh. yeah, like as I've kind of realized like okay, I see 
I see what this is. I see why the messages have been giving me anxiety, like really stressing me out. Um, and I see how I need to remedy that. Now let's like figure out the application of that realization. Right, right. Yeah. Because I mean, as business owners, we also care about the relationship with our clients yeah. and we're not going to be like, yeah, don't text me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, feel so, you know, that can feel like they're getting, you know, in trouble or something like, you know, so I, yeah, it's like, right. it's important to kind of know what they are, know, and then communicate them so that it's, you know, everyone's kind right. of on the same page with it. But yeah, I, I completely like everything we're talking about, I'm like just full transparency, like it is a daily practice and like constantly reflecting, like, is this still working? Do, does anything need to be changed? And knowing that it's, you know, it's never going to be without flaw or error. Like that's kind of just the point of all of it, right? Like there's always, right. that's life, that's human interaction. Like that's, you know, the nature of working with people and working in a creative, you know, mm -hmm. business. Like that's just kind of, that's flowing with it, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, can, okay. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because, um, something that I, have never talked about on the podcast, but I think a lot of people could find value in that you are so open and vulnerable about your journey to being alcohol free yeah. and how that has played a role in um, your business as well. Yeah. Um, can you, are you comfortable diving into that? And um, because that in our society is not the standard to be alcohol free. So. It's, it's definitely, there's definitely, that's another kind of movement we're seeing, which is really, really, really neat to, to watch like more that becoming more mainstream. Um, so I have been alcohol free at this point. It's, I don't like count my days, but um, it's like two and a half years. And um, I, had very much had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. And um, and it wasn't anything that I think was um, by outward appearances abnormal or even unhealthy, you know, depending on the person, you know, looking in on it. It was, it was um, I didn't, you know, I never got arrested. I never lost a job. I never, you know, none of those things. But I, it was, it was at the end, it was daily and it was very much to, um, check, you know, to numb, to check out, to manage stress. And, um, and then I was just waking up feeling like crap. <laughs> and, uh, and also I should mention, so my sister did, um, she did pass away from alcohol use. So when that happened, you know, it was a huge, a catalyst for a lot of things. It was a catalyst for, re-examining my relationship with alcohol, which I had already been very, very much aware was problematic. But um, that obviously made me realize like it could be bigger than problematic. It could actually, you know, take, you know, my time here. And so I, a big barrier though with, with myself and with, I think a lot of people is, um, you know, the idea that you have to identify as an alcoholic or you have to have hit some type of quote unquote rock bottom. And that was very much not the case for me. Like, as I said, I hadn't had any of the adverse consequences that, um, you know, in the past were kind of seen as the 
I hate rock bottom, such a silly, outdated concept, but it's still very much what people are familiar with, you know? And um, so when I removed it from my life, um, everything that I had been trying to do in terms of um, like running my business and um, just kind of creating the life that I wanted, all of a sudden became exponentially easier. <laughs> um, I was able to, you know, all, it wasn't even that my life necessarily changed all that much on the outside. Again, like we still, you know, we still did a lot of the same things and lived in a lot of the same ways, but there was this, you know, this cloud over it, you know, and yeah. now I'm able to do all of those things and show up in and move through the nitty gritty and the difficult in such a different way, in such a present way. Um, and it's, it's really been a, absolutely, um, I just really didn't know how, how my life would change when I removed it and how much this like veil would be lifted and everything would be like so much more clarity in like what I needed to do to create the life I want. And mm. again, it all just became so much easier. <laughs> like um, when there wasn't that just like crutch, I guess, maybe, I don't yeah. know. And how, but how do you do it? Can you talk about this, the challenges with a society that mm. like kind of glorifies happy hour, yeah. uh, you know, casual, like social drinking? Yeah. I mean, it is so normalized to problem drinking is very much normalized. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not somebody who is like, you know, pushing like alcohol, like prohibition or something like that, obviously. But, um, but I do think that, you know, we are at this point where, yeah, problem drinking has become so normalized to the point that people who don't drink, like that is almost weird. Like people assume that you are an alcoholic, which again, is like this kind of that term is just so difficult for me because I think it creates a lot of barriers for people to explore removing alcohol. Like, well, I'm not an alcoholic or I don't want to be an alcoholic. I don't want to like have that like chain wrapped around me that I can't ever like get rid of or whatever. Um, and so I kind of like lost my, my train of thought there. I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, <laughs> no, but that's I, okay. But I think that because, you know, we do have like, because problem drinking has become so normalized, it is difficult for people to just like casually decide, like, I'm not going to, because no matter how much of a problem drinker you may or may not have been, removing it is like a whole thing for people. You know, they have, they mm -hmm. want to like ask all these questions or make it this thing or, or people like inadvertently can be really pushy um, because it can really kind of trigger things in people because it's like built into our society. And so if you don't, all of a sudden it's like, well, why? And what does that mean about what I'm doing? And, um, and yeah. so, yeah. I remember giving it up for like just a month or mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. and going to a social event and telling someone, oh, I'm just not drinking this month. Yeah. And they're like, why? Yeah. And I'm like, is that not a good enough reason? Like, well, just and, you I'm know, not? like I love the comparison. Cause it's like when somebody gives up cigarettes, like nobody asks them why. Right. Right. Like no one, like if you give up heroin, they're not like, um, why did you stop? You know, why? <laughs> but we, but like, 
alcohol kills more people than opioids, you know? Um, So it is really, you know, it's just that the kind of societal narrative is one way and living alcohol-free doesn't kind of fit into that. Um, we've created a different narrative. We've created the narrative that if you don't, you're, you probably have a problem, you know, like if you can't enjoy like a drink, like there might be something, you know, like, oh, is it, you know, why are you pregnant? Are you, do you have an issue or whatever? And so it is, it is really hard. Um, not now. I mean, I'm far enough in where, um, I, I, I can be around it. I don't, you know, it's not something that is, you know, I, For me personally, I know that's not the case for a lot of people, but like initially, you know, I definitely went very much, you know, I kind of was a recluse a little bit in the beginning because I was such a social drinker. It was at every event and, um, and figuring out kind of how to navigate that is, is not always easy. And I will say there's a really, because there is this movement towards, um, living alcohol free for health, for health reasons, you know, health and wellness, there's such a push for health and wellness that there's a lot of people who are removing it for those reasons. Um, and I think that, um, because of that, there really is, there's a lot of online communities, Instagram, like I started following a ton of Instagram, um, accounts (coughs) that, um, we're just, yeah, just kind of really open and, and, um, putting out a lot of content about kind of how, you could start to, you know, live alcohol free. And um, did you notice a shift at all in how you cared for yourself and your spiritual journey after becoming alcohol free? Yes. Um, I would say that prior to removing alcohol, I had no, arguably no ability to truly connect with myself. like at all. I feel like I have found um, my essence. Um, I've been able to like really tap into my internal compass, which I didn't even know. I mean, I just, I think, I mean, I knew, you know, I knew all of that. It was like, there was this cloud. It was like, I was trying, you know, I wanted, I wanted all of those things. I wanted to be able to you know, dive deeper into my spiritual journey. And again, I was trying, I was going through the motions. I was kind of, that's it. I was going through the motions. And that's kind of what I, you know, when I was saying, we we lived kind of the same life, but there was this total disconnect. And I didn't, I didn't, and I did know. Like, I didn't know because I was so, you know, can't see the forest from the trees. I was so in it. But I also did want to remove alcohol. I did try to remove alcohol. I wrote in my journal many a time, you know, day one, I will not drink today. Um, So I knew, but I didn't, but now, you know, now in hindsight, I can see how um, kind of just lost I was and how I was just covering, I was just dampening all the really, really good stuff. Like it was just so watered down. And so it's almost like listening to something underwater. I feel like that is what my life was kind of like before. Like I was still there. I was still doing all the things. Like I didn't do anything like so 
just destructive that anyone really could like, you know, no one, no one ever questioned my drinking to me. So it wasn't even like that, but like I, yeah, everything was just like muffled and Mm -hmm. now it's not. And that includes like the not so great, but like I can really see that that's a part of the human experience and I can move through that stuff in, I period, like I can move through it. I can, I'm capable, I can do it. It's tough, but I'm going to get to the other side and it's a really, really phenomenal feeling to have been through like where that was and how, God, I was just like trying to like, you know, climb up a mountain with like this boulder on my back. Like, and now it's like, oh, thank you for like getting all, you know, um, this is so much easier. Um, I love that. Yeah. That is such a, I can, it's such a good um metaphor like seeing living life underwater or something um yeah but um yeah thank you so much for sharing all that because I think it's it's something that um the conversation may you're you are probably seeing it more because uh you you know you're in that you're on this journey yeah but but I still see it as I mean that is unless you yeah, people assume like you have a really bad problem that you're yeah. like, you know, destructive if you're stop drinking. And um, yeah. I just, I love your perspective and you sharing uh, <laughs> and thank you for sharing your journey yeah. um, with yeah. all that. Yeah. So it's about time to wrap up. This has been such a lovely episode. Can you just, can we kind of end with, you know, this show is called Dream Big, Live Slow. So I like to ask something kind of like all encompassing um, of our episode, but can you kind of recap just um, what advice would you give someone from your experience, or I guess what's one, one way that you really think helps one practice or something that helps you create slowness in your life? Mm, One practice that helps me create slowness. Ooh. That is such a good question. I think that, hmm, God, I have like so many answers for that. But I think something that I did, I I did a uh, an exercise where you, you know, a visualization exercise where you you envision your life, you know, in and I I do not kind of live by planning anything all that far out. So in terms of like visualizing maybe five years, you know, that's time is an illusion. So, you know, but (laughs) visualizing like what every little detail, like the most specific detail about the life that I want to be living in the future, whenever that may be down to what am I wearing? Where am I at? What do I feel like? How do I, what, what do I smell? What do I see? And And then kind of like reverse engineering that. And I did that not maybe like a year ago. And I feel like already, like I am, like I've manifested and that, I know that word's like thrown around a lot, but um, Mm -hmm. it's, 
when I did that, in, and it was so specific, like it wasn't goals in the way that we sometimes think about them, but it was just, again, like what I was wearing and how I felt. And I felt for me, that feels like lightness. I want, no matter what I'm doing, I want to be able to move through it feeling light, feeling joy, feeling gratitude. How do I make that happen? And then that's where now I'm like reverse engineering, like building in the boundaries, building in ritual with daily activities. Um, I think that is really important, like visualizing it out and then reverse engineering down to really simple, simple things in terms of like, how do I want to feel within my home? How do I want to feel within my business? Like what things really matter to facilitate that? Like even if it's something so small, like when I make coffee in the morning, I get so much joy out of using like this sweet little china saucer to put my spoon on and sitting in a certain spot, you know, just little things that are going to make you feel the way that you want your life to feel. Lindsay, yes. (laughs) I mean, I will say I love that because I do the same thing and and I have to go back to it continually and I'm sure you notice this as well. Um, But when I think about you know, sometimes I'll get really caught up in like a number, like money number, which money creates, you know, the things you need in life. And I have Mm -hmm. a good relationship with money, but sometimes my relationships get, gets really ego driven and, and, um, and it's just like this six figures or whatever it is that the number that gets thrown around that makes you feel like you're successful. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I always go back to exactly what you're saying, but I love the way you say reverse engineer because that's, um, yeah. I've never thought of it that way, but just yeah. sitting down and being like, wait, what is really, truly important? I just, yeah. I love that so much. And I think that that's where I always end up like, oh yeah, it's the slow moments, yeah. like making that's coffee good. in the morning, yeah. making dinner with my husband. Yes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, snaps. Yes. Okay. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, and this was so good too because I needed, again, it's like wedding season. It's so wild. Like this is such a good, like I even feel like, oh, I needed this like reminder myself because it, it ebbs and flows, you know, and you have yeah. to continuously check in and like ground, you know, and this morning I, I smudged the shop and it had been too long. I'm like, I just, you know, mm. so. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that the theme though has been that it's just like a continual journey. There is just no, I've said this before, but there's like no destination with our inner work. It is the journey is Mm -hmm. the inner work. So, um, okay. We could talk forever, but I'm sure you have stuff to do. So Lindsay, thank you so, so much for being here. I adore you and I can't wait for everyone to hear your wisdom. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much for having me. One more time before you go, if you guys would just let me know that you're listening somehow, share to your stories, text me, slide into my DMs, email me if you'd like, Um, but let me know you're out there listening and what you think. Um, Also, if you are a business owner that wants your story told, um, I obviously tell stories through this podcast, but I also tell stories through video. Um, and that is my bread and butter. That is my 
bit actual um, business that brings in the income. So if you have any interest in working together to tell your story um, for marketing purposes, um, feel free to reach out. Um, email me at storytelling at tlra.com. All right. Or go to tlra.com, fill out my little form and let's create together. Okay. Thanks so much. Love you all.